Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with a very well-known Aussie chef. Her name is Kate Brax. And uh, I've just been having a look through a website and uh, seeing some of the incredible dishes that she's cooked over the years. Uh, I know my wife would certainly love to uh, uh, do some cooking with Kate at some stage. Kate, of course, was the winner of MasterChef in 2011 uh, on TV in Australia. And uh, she's been speaking all across the country at churches and uh, been on the radio, been on the TV, doing all sorts of great stuff. She's also partnering with the Bible Society for a great campaign, uh, which we're going to talk about soon. But firstly, welcome to the program, Kate. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. I'm doing well. How now, about you? Good. Now, you're based in Orange, New South Wales, and uh, I actually used to go and visit my auntie at Stewarttown, just up the road. What, what's it ah, like growing up in the, the bush? <laughs> Is it a good part of the country growing up in the bush there? Look, we love it. Um, I actually didn't grow up here, though. I grew up in Sydney, and we moved here about... Uh, six and a half years ago. Yeah. So my children are growing up here, and I must say, I think it's a wonderful place for mm-hmm. kids to grow up. And a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Graham McLennan, is a dentist in Orange, and he tells me about the Orange House of Prayer and all the churches getting together uh, in unity. Is it, is it got a good spiritual climate there in Orange? Yeah, there is. There's a huge number of churches here mm-hmm. and uh, sort of covering the full breadth of of mm. Christian faith. Yep. So um, it's, it's yeah, look, it's a great place to, to live and be, mm. both for um, yeah, mm. my faith and living that out, but mm-hmm. also just in terms of life and and uh, being a part of a community. So yeah, we, we're finding it a really lovely place to live. Wonderful. Now, Kate, tell us a little bit about your story. So you, you said you, you grew up in in Sydney. Um, did, was it like a Christian upbringing in your family? Yeah. Look, I had a a classic happy childhood growing up. I grew up in just one of the suburbs of Sydney with my mum, my dad and two sisters and yeah, it was a Christian family. I learnt about um, you know stories in the Bible. We went to church each Sunday. Mum and dad were pretty involved in their church. Um, so it was a you know it was a classic childhood of going to school, uh, you know, having netball lessons and <laughs> piano lessons and playing with friends on the street. A very very ordinary Australian uh, growing up. And life. did you like to did you like to cook a lot as a young lass? I did. I was about eight when I started to become interested in cooking. Um, my mum had just said to me one long summer holidays when I'd said to her I was bored. Well, why don't you just cook something? And it was the first time that I was allowed in the kitchen on my own. And I think that was I call that the day that I fell in love with cooking. So I'd done little bits by her side and by my nana's side, but that was the first day I sort of owned it as something I loved for myself. And what about um, after school? What what was your career like? Uh, did you go to uni what what did you do after school yeah so I um for year 10 I did work experience as a chef and Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it but one of the chefs said to me that if you want to go into this career just remember everybody else is going to be working while you're playing and everybody else is going to be playing while you're working now 16 (laughs) and thought yeah forget that (laughs) so um I actually decided to go into primary school teaching which was the other thing that had sort of been in the back of my mind for a number of years mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved my years of study and my years of teaching um I studied for 3 years at the University of Technology in Sydney mm-hmm. and then um, I taught for five years. I did a bit of travel straight after uni, actually went overseas and taught in Indonesia for six months. And that was a wonderful um, cross-cultural experience and a chance to, um, 
yeah, to see the world through different eyes. And, and then t- I came back and I worked in schools for another five years and okay. yeah, and then it was time to have kids. It's time to have kids. And how many have you got now? So we've got three children. Erin uh-huh. is 10, Liam is eight and Maya is five. Now tell us about the MasterChef story. How did you get involved and what was the audition <laughs> process like and all that, you know? Yeah, look, it's a bit of a crazy situation, that one. Um, I didn't actually plan on going on MasterChef. What had happened was my husband had said to me um, when the first season was about to come to air, I've heard this new show's coming. They've got a version in England. I reckon you'd love it. You should go on it. And I'm thinking, I can't go on TV. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but I went online. I watched this English episode and thought, that looks like so much fun. So I started the application process um, for the first season. But the problem was I came to a question where it said, would you be willing to be away from your family for up to four months for filming and my baby was one and so I actually said no I'm not willing to do that so I shut it down but you can imagine and I I watched on with great excitement to watch these contestants in season one and then also in season two mm-hmm. I don't think I missed an episode in season two okay <laughs> um, and then what happened was I saw an ad on TV for the application process being open online and I actually went online thinking I wonder how the application forms change now that it's this massive juggernaut so I um, I went online and I started to fill it out because it was one of those systems where you had to fill out each field before you could go on to the next page yeah uh, and by the time I got to the end I thought oh well I filled it out I might as well press send thought that would be the end of it uh, and then I got a call to come in for an audition and I said to my husband at the time, I can't do that, I can't go on MasterChef, that's ridiculous. And he said to me, oh, come on, Kate, you've loved the show, it's a good chance to see the inside workings of it, weekend away from the kids, just, just go, <laughs> it'll be fun. So off I went. And uh, yeah, then when I got the call for Top 50, that kind of freaked me out a little bit because I didn't want to commit at that point to going to be a part of the show if I wasn't willing to go the whole way. So I took a, a good day or so to really nut it through, talk to my husband, talk to a couple of good friends, pray about it. And uh, look, in the end, everything you know in my being said, yep, go do it. And everybody around me was incredibly encouraging of me to do it, where I thought they would all say, no, no, you better not do that. And they were like, no, go for it, we'll help. So off I went, and it was a... It was a wonderful, scary, challenging, <laughs> amazing experience. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I think I learned so much, not just about myself, but also about food and cooking, of course, um, and about television and that whole sort of world of media um, and people. It was, yeah, it was a very rich, very rich experience. And what are, the, what are the judges really like? Look, they are. What you see is what you get, yeah. pretty much. Um, and I think that's kind of the case with the contestants as well. Um, when I watched back some of the episodes that I'd been in, I thought, yeah, that's pretty much what they're like. Um, the judges are absolutely gorgeous. And I think they really have a strong desire for us to succeed and a strong desire for us to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the thing that just became more and more evident as the show progressed. Um, you know, in the early days, I think when there's so many of us, 50 of us or 25 of us, it's hard for them to invest in each person individually because, you know, it's a big number of people. And, you know, given their celebrity status, they've got big numbers of people wanting everything from them all the time. Um, but as the, as the show progressed, uh, you know, they really did become good friends and they were fantastic mentors. Mm. Obviously, on the show, you see the edited version, but you can imagine when cameras are switched off, they would come over and they would say to us, oh, you realise if you'd done it this way, it would have been so much easier. <laughs> oh, why didn't you tell me that two hours ago? <laughs> uh. So, uh, yeah, they were incredibly, incredibly helpful and 
and generous with their knowledge. So take us back to that moment, uh, August 2011, MasterChef Season 3. It's live on TV and you're announced as the winner. Yeah, there was a lot going through my head. (laughs) What happened? How, How did you feel at the time? Look, I was pretty excited. I think I was somewhat prepared for it in that after the second round, I was points ahead and then we did dessert. So I kind of thought, okay, this could happen. Um, I think the overwhelming thought in my head was, oh my goodness, my life has just changed forever. Um, And it was both incredibly exciting because of the number of opportunities that it presents and it opens up. It really, you can't get that anywhere else in life. It really is a once in a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've got to admit, it was also a little bit scary. Um, At the beginning of MasterChef, I vividly remember Gary saying to us, you've entered MasterChef to change your life. And I remember thinking, no, I haven't. I actually quite like my life. And um, I just had entered because I wanted, I loved cooking and I wanted to learn more and have a bit of fun with it. But the reality is it did, particularly mm. on that day, change my life. And uh, it has been, um, it, yeah, life has, ha, does look rather different in lots of ways, um, but I love it. Mm. So there's definitely no regrets. And, you know, there are some things as well that are still exactly the same. You know, the core in me is still exactly the same. And, you know, the mundane things of life, like making lunch boxes, you know, that all still <laughs> happens. Clean the house. <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, I mean, I've been, I've been following your career, having a look at some of the things you've done. So since you've won MasterChef, you've been on the 7pm project, on The Circle. Uh, you've been uh, on many different radio stations doing interviews. You've been in uh, MasterChef magazine, Women's Day, Women's Weekly, Herald Sun, <laughs> Sunday Magazine. Who magazine? Uh, oh, you've been on. A fire, my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> like if you just go through the list of you know, you you now have a platform, and yeah, the, the thing that um, as Christians that we look at is it's an opportunity for you to literally be salt and light uh, to shine as well as uh, talking about great food. And you know, obviously you're a foodie and you love your, your food. And I just got to tell you, firstly, to be honest. I watched a little bit of MasterChef, and I can remember you from the TV, but um, it wasn't my main uh, TV show I was watching back then. Yeah. But Colin Buchanan's God Rock DVD. <laughs> my kids love it. That's when I first really discovered who you were. Yeah, we had a bit of fun with that. Oh, he's a fun person to hang around with for a day. <laughs> yeah, so so really, great. that was probably the best guest starring that you've done since MasterChef, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Seeing him in that chef suit, mm. worth, a, worth a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, life has been full of incredible opportunities, both in the media, in my local community, mm-hmm. and, in, and in churches all over the country. And, and like you say, I have an incredible opportunity to be salt and light. But I think what I've realized, too, I used to think that sort of God worked in certain ways and in certain careers more than he did in others. And I think um, experiencing what I've experienced, I've realized that God worked through, you know, uh, reality TV as well. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> you know, he works in any field that we're in. And I think he uses our passions and our desires. Um, he gives them to us and he can use them. And it was that was actually something I struggled with for many years. You know, when I discovered that I just absolutely loved cooking, I used to think, you know, what's the point? It just seems so, you know, <laughs> superficial, really. And I think I've, you know, I've had my answer. God uses everything and anything. Yeah. And I, I think just no matter what situation we're in, 
uh, we just need to open ourselves up to how he can use us for his glory in whatever situation we find ourselves in. And look, I know you've you've also you know done a little bit of you know cooking demonstrations and guest mm. appearances at different events, and um, you, you share your faith and your, your testimony, uh, a, okay. a bit of your story when you get the chance, you know, when, when it's appropriate. Um, yeah, that's right. What's the what's the main message that you bring when when you're doing a cooking demonstration? You're showing everyone yeah. how to make some beautiful food. What's what's the main message you bring as well? Yeah, look, uh, when I do these events in churches, I make it very clear. I'm, I'm invited there not just for my love of cooking, but also for my love of God. So I have this wonderful opportunity to speak freely about something that I love even more than food, mm. which, you know, is, is right up there. Um, my, my main message, I suppose, is to, be, is to encourage people who've come along to just check out the God of the Bible. Because I think, um, I think in my travels, I've met a lot of people who perhaps don't quite understand for whatever reason. Sometimes it can be they've never actually been exposed to the biblical message of who God is, or they've, they've been um, hurt by, you know, sinful people uh, along the way and therefore have discounted the faith. And I just think um, giving people an opportunity to sit and listen to the true things about God, which we find in the Bible, and asking people just to just to consider it again, because it's a really important thing. For me, what I find in my faith is um, a real sense of um, complete satisfaction. And I think so often in, I often use the analogy of, of cravings. You know, we have food cravings, um, but the thing is, I think in our soul, we often have cravings to know who we are, to know why we're here, to be intimately known, to be, you know, deeply loved. And I think God offers us those things he can fulfill those that, that craving like nothing else can and um and i just want people to take time out because i think often in this world we're so busy we, mm. we you know we run around all the time we don't give ourselves time to ponder and i think in this situation where churches have invited me i just want to give people a chance to think just to think for themselves and to consider what place god might have in their life mm. um i think we're really fortunate god never forces himself on anybody so it's not something that we should force on anybody else but um he's a god that desperately wants to know us that's why he's put us here and so giving people an opportunity to say that they want to um you know know him more or find out more i think is is for me the greatest joy in in that work that i do well we've been speaking with kate brax who uh, was the winner of MasterChef in 2011 and uh it's a brilliant website you've got set up if people want to check it out it's katebrax.com uh maybe if people have been encouraged uh to hear kate share her testimony today and maybe you know you, you want to become a christian or you want to find out more about the bible uh you, you've also got another great uh, project you're partnering with with the bible society uh yeah, tell right. us a little bit about how you got involved with the bible society well, I was simply approached by the Bible Society about um, participating in a campaign they had where they had some well-known people in the community um, just encourage people to read the Bible. It started off as a verse a day. So I think often, um, you know, we get weighed down with this idea of, oh, we've got to, got to read the Bible every day. That's not what makes us Christian. It's about a relationship with God. But the, the reality is, is that God speaks to us in the Bible, in his, it's, it's his word to us. And so encouraging people to spend some time in it each day even if it is just one little verse and to think about it and ponder about it you know you can you can learn so much about um about god and you get so much encouragement from the day so i was approached to be a part of this which was just simply writing five short 
paragraphs based on a verse each. And uh, I guess for me, with all my foodie loves, I decided to to do it on you know a foodie week in the Bible. So I, I just take various passages because foodies are often used as analogies to um, teach us things about this life and about God. Um, you know, one of my favourite ones is, of course, taste and see that the Lord is go- good. Mm. And you've got that idea of, you know, when, you, when you've got a f- plate of food in front of you, you don't just look at it, you don't keep it at a distance, you take it in, you, you experience it fully, the, the tastes, the flavours, the, the textures. And I think that's what God wants us to do with him, to actually experience him and see how satisfying he is. And so it's just, the campaign is just a short verse, a, a few little words after it to encourage people to think um, and hopefully to, yeah, just, just open up to them what God has to say to them for that day. Well, Kate, it's been wonderful to catch up with you. Congratulations on uh, winning MasterChef in 2011, and I pray the Lord continues to open doors for you uh, to speak in the media, in churches, in conferences, and uh, also uh, that you get to cook uh, much more great food uh, in the future. <laughs> I know that you've got some great recipes and all sorts of things at your website. If people want to check it out, it's katebrax.com. I appreciate that. All right, and your history maker. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.